And we're going to sing now. You are welcome to stand or sit, whatever is more comfortable to you. We're going to sing our offertory uh, hymn at this time, uh, Make Me a Servant. Make Me a Servant. This is 669 in your hymnal. Make Me a Servant. This is a prayer. This is a, a psalm that's a prayer. So pray it in your heart as we sing this to God. Make me a servant, Lord. Make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, help me lift up those who are weak. And may the prayer of my heart always be. A servant, make me a servant, make me a servant today. Make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, help me lift up. Those who are weak, and may the prayer of my heart always be, make me a servant, make me a servant, make me a servant. Today. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. I want to say a special welcome to, nice to have Joe back with us. All right, Joe, great to have you. <laughs> and Lupe, and Lupe, Joe and Lupe. Joe, I can't forget Lupe. Yeah, great to have you both back. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. And, uh, we're, we want to have a little bit of t time of prayer before we, we get into the Word of the Lord. Oh, I also want to say hi to Eddie. Good to have you back, Eddie. Amen. All right, Eddie. Good to have you. Good to have you. Amen. Amen. Um, my wife asked me to pray for uh, those that were, uh, uh, some are in danger of uh, having uh, had to do flood evacuation. Is it Hatfields? Do you guys have something like that going on? No? Well, some, some people are... are are in danger of that, so uh, we'll 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 pray for that. Okay, um, and uh, want to pray for. Uh, let's pray for Bruce's continued healing. Bruce Vaughn, he's in Turlock, uh, nursing rehabilitation, hoping to be home, going home again on the twenty fourth. That's the the last word uh, that I heard from Bruce. Okay, anybody else have a prayer request that you would like me to lift up together with you in prayer? Looks like you're ready. <laughs> no. Okay. Yes, Joe. Okay. Okay. Jimmy, huh? Okay, let's pray for Jimmy. Let's bow together in prayer. Father God, Lord, uh, we, we pray for, for those uh, that are in need among us. We pray for 
those that are uh, in danger of a flood have to evacuate here in the Modesto area uh, and, our, and our surrounding uh, areas. Lord, we just pray that you, um, you know, uh, watch over them and, and keep them safe and, uh, in this way, Lord. We also pray for our brother Bruce Braun, who is uh, uh, re uh, in rehabilitation. And we just pray, Lord, your hand upon him, Lord, and, and he is, um, you know, he's getting better uh, slowly but surely. And we just pray that your spirit just continue to minister to him and give him your healing touch, Father. Lord, uh, we pray for Jimmy, who's not with us today. We just pray that you uh, protect her, uh, let your Holy Spirit uh, 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 be a shield about her and comfort her and uh, whatever her needs are right now. We just pray that you... you uh, uh, Minister to her. Minister to Jimmy, Lord. Uh, thank you, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, everyone. So we're continuing our series this morning in, uh, in the book of Acts. So we're going to be in Acts 6 in just a moment if you want to prepare for that. But as we do... I want to uh, tell you about the uh, uh, NPR, National Broadcasting, National Broadcasting Radio, uh, did, a, did a, a segment recently on the subject of dying well, mm, dying well, and, all, and, and what the living can learn from the deceased. Uh, they had an, a, a marketing expert come in. To do some research um, this way, he had a team of employees that they researched uh, the obituaries of 2,000 people in the New York Times in the la uh, for about a 20-month period. And they were surprised about something, a word that kept coming up that they weren't expecting. In all of these 2,000 obituaries, not maybe all of them, but many of them, there's a word that kept coming up in the obituaries, and that word is the word help. It's the word help. And he, he did a story that the, the name of this uh, uh, marketing expert is Lux uh, Narania, uh, and he, he did a story about this, and he said, had to say this. He said it was fascinating. When I saw the word, because when you we were analyzing 2,000 paragraphs of text, you wouldn't expect one or two words to stick out and stand out as prominently as this did. And we found what we found fascinating when we went through some of the descriptors was the fact that the help took on different contexts. For example, Reverend Rick Curry, who helped veterans and disabled people by running, writing, and acting workshops. There was Jocelyn Cooper, who was a great grassroots organizer in Brooklyn in the 1960s. She helped pave the way for the first African-American woman to sit in the United States Congress. He said it's beautiful that people are remembered in terms of helping people. Uh, even more fascinating was the fact that the overwhelming majority of obituaries featured people famous and non-famous, who did seemingly extraordinary things. They made a positive dent in the fabric of life. They helped 
It was beautiful how that word stood out so strongly. Isn't that neat? The legacies of helping, of helping. We're going to see in just a moment a time in the early church where the apostles needed some help. There was, the church was growing rapidly. It was uh, probably about 20, 25,000 people at this time, at this point, Acts chapter 6. And because of that rapid growth, there was some growing pains. There was going to be a problem in the church that the disciples would need help in dealing with. And they found that help within the church itself. And so if you're ready, we'll read about it. It's going to be in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. So if you're able and willing, if you can stand with me uh, we'll, we'll, for, the, for the reading of God's Word. By the way, we, we get the idea of standing from, with, for God's Word from the book of Nehemiah. When they found, when they found the scriptures in the... In, that they, hadn't, that they hadn't had for so many, many years, and, and they stood all day long while he read from the, the Word of God. And so this is why we stand in honor of God's Word. Acts 6, 1 to 7, it says this. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer in the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Amen. You see, the apostles' ministry, as we just read, was the ministry, their main ministry was prayer and the ministry of the Word. Every pastor's main ministry should be prayer and the ministry of the word. When I come into my office, 8.15, during the week, the, my first 30 minutes, I devote singly, simply to prayer. And through the course of many hours after that, preparation of teaching God's word. But there are other many important ministries that we do as a church to... to to, to bring health to the body of Christ, to maintain health in the body of Christ. A healthy body requires healthy ministry. So we're, we're going to look at that. What is healthy ministry? What does healthy ministry do for the church? That's going to be our focus this morning. 
healthy ministry in the body of Christ. Healthy ministry. Healthy ministry is ministry that is wise, ministry that is balanced, ministry that brings wholeness to the body, the church. There are three things, and this will be in your outline, in your bulletin. There are three things that healthy ministry will do for the church, and we'll, let's look at them now. The first thing is this. Healthy ministry in the body of Christ meets the needs in the body of Christ. Verse 1. It said, in those days when the church was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. See, all, at that time, all believers were Jews who believed in Jesus, who accepted Jesus. There were two groups, true groups of Jews. There was the Hebraic Jews and there was the Hellenistic Jews. The Hebraic Jews were natives to the Jerusalem and the Jerusalem area. The Hellenistic Jews were from outside of Jerusalem and they came in and now resided there. The Hebraic Jews spoke Aramaic, which is a, a close, closely related to Hebrew. The Hellenistic Jews spoke only Greek. So automatically, you have this, this, this communication problem or communication challenge within the church to have to deal with. So then, these were widows in the church. With the scripture we just read, is talking about the widows that were being cared for. Wid caring for widows ha has always been a ministry, was a ministry in the church. And because they could not care for themselves at that time. And so the, the church took on this responsibility. So every day they would distribute food to the widows. The problem is, not all the widows were being cared for equally. The Hellenistic Jews were being over, widows were being overlooked. They weren't receiving the same food that the, that the Hebraic Jewish widows were. The, their widows were being neglected. Was, it, was this a deliberate uh, uh, discrimination? It might have been. Or it might have simply been a problem with the language barrier. In either case, complaints were made. Complaints were made, were being made. This was a conflict in the church. This was a conflict that was an internal threat to the body of Christ. It was a threat to their unity. It was a threat to their fellowship. It was a threat to the health of the body. The Hellenistic Jews were complaining that their widows were not being treated fairly. Who did they complain to? They complained to the apostles, the leaders of the church. This was a conflict that, this is a conflict that needs to be resolved because needs were not being met. And not only this, not only were the Hellenistic widows not receiving equal treatment, but this was beginning to cause division in the church. This was a conflict beginning, beginning to cause division. Now, healthy ministry in the body of Christ meets the needs in the body of Christ. And the need right now is a need for harmony. Harmony. You think of harmony. You think of harmony in music. What is harmony? Harmony is where you have, you hit two notes 
you hit two notes, complementary notes to each other that create a chord that has a pleasing sound. Harmony. Harmony is, is, is when you, hitting those notes that complement each other, the, 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 hitting those notes that work together, hitting those notes that create a beautiful, great, beautiful music today. Healthy ministry in the body of Christ is like the musical notes in harmony. It means working together, helping each other, looking out for each other's needs. Healthy ministry. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says it this way. It says this. Romans 12, 16 says, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with those in low positions. Do not be conceited. There should never be a division in the church where one kind of one group or one people is looking down on another. Harmony. Harmony in the church. That might not have been, that might have been what was happening here. There might have been one group looking down on another where you had this, uh, this division, this unfair treatment. There might have been prejudice. There might have been discrimination. So how do the apostles promote harmony in this situation? How do they respond to the complaints? You see, this was a critical time to handle the conflict correctly because there have been many times in history, listen now, where conflict was handled badly, and when that happens, it can have catastrophic results. Let me, t let, me, let me read. One author says it this way. Throughout human history, the improper handling of conflicts has destroyed marriages and friendships. It's, it's, it's dissolved business partnerships and corporations. It's caused the downfall of great leaders and political empires. And it sparked wars. The improper handling of conflict. It's so important for leaders to understand how to handle conflict. The apostles handled this conflict. The way they handled it is a lesson in spiritual leadership. They didn't get hot-headed. They didn't try to pin blame on anybody. Their main concern was how to solve this problem. So, so what did they do? What did they do? They called the meeting. Let's take a look. We're, we're in verse 2 now. Acts chapter 6, verse 2, they called the meeting. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together. They, 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 this whole assembly of, of the church. And they, they calmly, they reasoned with them about what to do. Let's take a look. Verse 2, second part of verse 2. They said this, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom, we will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. So the distribution of the food, the administration. This was their, this was their solution. This was a peaceful solution that would involve everyone's participation. You know, Moses found himself in a similar situation once. 
as he led the people of Israel through the wilderness. Moses. You know, just like the apostles needed help. The apostles needed help. They, they, they could not meet the needs of the church themselves. They couldn't handle it themselves they could, and carry out the ministry of the word and the ministry of, of prayer, so they needed help. Moses needed help, but he didn't know it. Exodus chapter 18. Moses, as he led the people, he was, he, 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 he was a judge of the people. The Bible says he was judging the people. They would come to him as a judge with their own personal conflicts. And morning to night, he would sit and he would listen, and uh, it was just wearing them out. It was just wearing them out. And he, uh, his, his father-in-law, Jethro, heard about what was happening. His father-in-law was a wise man. He was a priest at Midian. And he heard about what was happening with Moses. And he went over to Moses. And it says this, Acts chapter 18, verse 17 and 18. He says this. He says, Moses, what you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Then he gives Moses this advice. Verse 21. He says this. He says, select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, over hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them judge the people at all times, but the, the things but have them bring every difficult case to you. So, so then, Moses needed to delegate to solve the problem he was dealing with. The apostles needed to delegate to solve the problem in the church. You see, conflict is something all of us have to deal with, amen? We all have to deal with it, and, and we often, we, we have to deal with it often. But the key the key is to deal with it in a Christ-honoring way. Be open-minded, like Moses. Be willing to accept the advice of wise counsel. And hit the notes of harmony to benefit the body of Christ. The harmony of working together, the harmony of listening to each other, the harmony of helping each other in the Lord. Not only is healthy ministry in the body of Christ ministry that meets the needs of the body of Christ, but healthy ministry in the body of Christ is a ministry that employs the gifts of the body of Christ. Verse 5. We're back in Acts chapter 6, verse 5. And it says this. It says, this proposal pleased the whole group. They, they, they were accepting of it. They, 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 in faith, the whole congregation approved of it. So what did they do? They did just what the disciples suggested, just what they proposed, and they, they selected seven men. Now, among these men were two that we're going to see. They're going to stand out in chapters that will, are yet to come, Stephen and Philip. We'll hear more about them later. But the seven men, now the, what, what, were the, uh, what kind of men were these to be? Well, first... 
Verse 3, they were men to, to, to be known. They were to be, they, they were to be respected. Okay, there would be no new, new, new Living Translation said they were to be well respected. They were to be what else? Verse 3, they were to be filled with the Spirit and with wisdom. These were gifted men. These were men who were wise men. They were men who were Spirit-filled and Spirit-led. They were men who knew how to work with people with the love of Jesus Christ. Of course, that doesn't just apply to men. Those kind of qualities don't just apply to men. It applies to women, too. Uh, having the, being able to work with people and the love of Jesus Christ. I had a chance this week to talk to, to Marion. I'm going to embarrass her. Marion Schwartz. Our beloved Marion is a piano teacher. She has uh, students, young and old, mostly young. And she, she, I got a chance to vi visit with her this week uh, in my office. And uh, she told me a little bit about her ministry. You know, she's actually been able to lead some of the parents of these young people to the Lord in doing piano lessons. By the way, a little plug here, um, we, at Baptist, uh, we at Calvary Baptist are going to be blessed to be able to host uh, the, the, the piano recitals of Marion's uh, young, young students. April 29th, more information to come. Hope you can make it. But... Marion was telling me about this ministry she has teaching the, teaching the kids. Now, not all kids have the same personality. Not all kids have the same behavior. Amen. Do I get an A? Charlie, you're shaking your head on that one? <laughs> okay. So, Marion, when she first started this uh, piano teaching, uh, she kind of struggled with that a little bit. You know, some of the kids, I mean, she had to go to the Lord in prayer on this one, you know. And uh, what the Lord told her, you know, what the Lord, and I asked if I could tell this shit, what the Lord told her is that, Marion, I don't need you to teach them piano. I need you to love them. And Marion said this. She said that the main thing, the main thing is that they know the love of Jesus because of me. And, and once God gave her that message, once God gave her that word, I mean, that kind of took the pressure off. That, and, and now, she, now she, you know, she's teaching them with, with love and joy and peace and ever since. Having the spirit of wisdom, having the spirit of love, that's the kind of spirit the church needed at this time. Those are, that's, those are qualities that your church needed at this time. That's the kind of leadership the church was in need of. The church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, they needed men who could lead like that. Men filled with the Spirit. Men filled with wisdom and filled with love to oversee this ministry of food distribution. You see it here in Acts 6. This is what we understand as the beginning of the ministry of the deacons in the church. This is the beginning. Of, we see this as the beginning of the ministry of these spiritual leaders in the church. Every one of these seven men became a spiritual leader in the church. And if you look at verse 6, we're going to see their ordination as deacons. Acts 6, Acts 6 beginning with in verse 6, it says, They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. You see, now ordination, it was then as it is today, is where the church... It's, it's, it's symbolic. 
the laying on of hands is symbolic, but it's where the church recognizes this person, persons or person, as someone who has been called to this ministry. It, it signifies this person or persons as being identified as a leader in the ministry of the church. Ordination. The, and by the way, we have some wonderful deacons in our church. I won't name them all. You know who they are. Thank God for our deacons. These men had been gifted by the Lord to serve as spiritual leaders. See, the church in Jerusalem was beginning to organize. Remember, this is the, the church in its infancy. And it's beginning to have a structure. It's beginning to have a formation. And it's all because, hmm, isn't it interesting? It's all because of the problems in the church. God used the problems to generate the positions. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Their, their rise into this position of leadership was to answer the problems that what they needed. Listen to this. Henry J. Kaiser, founder of Kaiser Permanente Hospital, said this. I always view problems as opportunities with work clothes. <laughs> In work clothes. What? Opportunities with work clothes. See, God will use problems in our lives to, to help us to rise to the challenge. He'll use problems in our lives to give us opportunities to work them out with His help, with His gifts, with His ability. So look at problems that way. There are opportunities. God gives spiritual gifts to the body of Christ for healthy ministry to the body of Christ. Not just, you know, our physical body. We have many, our physical body has many members. The body of Christ as well has many members. Listen to this, Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Talking about the, the gifts that God gives to the body. It says, for each of us has one body with many, many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ. We, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to grace God has given us. Different gifts, different functions, one body. God has given gifts to the body. God, for each, for, 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 we have gifts that we belong, it says we belong to each other. The different gifts are, we're to, each of us is, belongs to each other, each of us is to use our gifts for each other, each of us is, to, is a part of the body, each person in the body has a vital part to play in the ministry and in the life of the church. You know, you might think, well, I don't have a big ministry, a big leadership position. We all are equally important. It's, you know, even if a seemingly insignificant part is taken away, the whole body becomes less effective. Every part is necessary to form a complete and healthy body. Healthy ministry in the body of Christ employs the gifts from the body of Christ. So, healthy ministry in the body of Christ meets the needs of the body of Christ. It employs the gifts of the body of Christ. And third and finally, healthy ministry in the body of Christ brings growth to the body of Christ. Verse 7. Verse 7 says it this way. 
It says, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and large numbers of priests became obedient to the faith. The word of God spread. The word of God spread, and because it spread, the, 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 there was a great increase in the believers. The, incre the believers were increasing. People were getting saved. This was proof that of the success of the God's Spirit-led uh, God Spirit plan. What was God's Spirit-led plan? To, to, to put deacons in the church. What did the deacons do? It allowed the apostles to, to do what God had called them to do in the prayer and the ministry of the Word. And healthy ministry for the body of Christ does what? It spreads the Word. It spreads the Word of the Gospel. That's what was happening here. God's word does not return empty. Listen, Isaiah 55, verse 11. God says, my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purposes for which I sent it. God's word will always accomplish what God desires. Second part of verse 7. A large number of people, a large number of priests. Now, these priests, listen now, were Jewish priests. They, they spent their lives uh, making Old Testament sacrifices. And now they became, they, they became believers in Jesus as the Messiah and him as the final sacrifice for the sins of the world. Hebrews chapter 14, verse Chapter 10, verse 14. By one sacrifice, he made forever perfect those who are being made holy. That's talking about the final sacrifice of Jesus Christ upon the cross. His sacrifice for our sins made Old Testament sacrifice obsolete. After Jesus rose, he appeared to his disciples who thought he might have been a ghost. And to prove he wasn't a ghost, he said, give me something to eat. Can you give me, give me something to eat? Luke chapter 24. Uh, begin with verse 44. He said to them, this is what he explained to them about his death and his resurrection and how all of the Old Testament scriptures pointed to him. The prophecy, prophecies of him. Luke 24, 44 and following, he says this. He says, it is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. The word of God pointed to Jesus as a forgiver of sins. And now in the book of Acts in Jerusalem, it begins. The church is being formed. Priests were being one to the Lord. A large number of priests became obedient to faith because they became obedient to the word. A healthy ministry in the body of Christ brings growth to the body of Christ. And it brings growth to the body of Christ by getting out the word, getting out the word. So what have we seen? Healthy ministry in the body of Christ does three things. It meets the needs of the body of Christ, like harmony in music. 
We need to have harmony in our ministry. Amen? Uh, when conflict arises, like the apostles, we need to have the wisdom to ask God for help. Healthy ministry in the body of Christ employs the gifts from the body of Christ. God has given gifts to every person in the body, and every part is important. Every part is important for a complete and healthy body. And third, healthy ministry in the body of Christ brings growth to the body of Christ. Growth that happens when the word goes out. Jesus is the center of the word. 2,000 obituaries tell the story of people who lived to help others. Jesus is our supreme example of helping others. He helped us to find peace with God through faith in Him. And He enabled us to help in doing the ministry of His body. Let's do our part. Amen? In maintaining healthy ministry as a member of Christ's body. Amen? Father God, Lord, we thank you for showing us how, how, how the church of Jesus Christ began. We thank you, Lord, for giving us uh, understanding how you worked, Lord, and Lord Jesus, how, uh, uh, how you came to the disciples and how you, how you opened the word to them. And help us, Lord, to uh, have a healthy, healthy minute, continue healthy ministry in our church with your presence, with your harmony, with your spirit and peace and love among us. Help us to grow, Lord, as you desire us to grow. Let your spirit inspire us. Let your spirit lead us. We pray and we thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.